This episode is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code TMS. You just pay $5 shipping. Coming up on TMS, full-on tutu business. Charcuterie necklaces. Double date with a gay. Get in line, Ariel. (laughs) It gets better and better. Uh, 30 (laughs) tiny white women in a Spanish production. Take out your hat box garbage. The beer-soaked crazy neighbor experience. Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Just go to the music box I gave you as a baby. What music box? The one on the mantle. What mantle? The mantle I gave you as a baby. Why did you give me a mantle? Look, I said I had to go. Walk with me the rest of the way. Oh, Internet, is there nothing you can't do? This is The Morning Stream. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to TMS. It is The Morning Stream for the 3rd of October, 2019. The 3rd. 10-3, good buddy. Couldn't remember the date. For some reason, my mic seems hot, but I don't think so. I don't sound hot to you, do I? Yeah, you sound fine. No, you sound uh, you sound lukewarm to me. Mm. Tepid. Tepid. You sound a little tepid. Tepid. 72 degrees. I got gotcha. you. Room right. temperature Scott voice. That's what we like. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, we're back at it. It's a, it's a Thursday, and uh, we're glad to be here. Hello, everyone, and I hope you're having a wonderful Thursday as well. The weekend is right around the corner, which doesn't mean a whole lot yes. to me, but it will mean that to some people. You have big plans. Oh, you do it have big plans. Stuff to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to Beer Fest. Great American Beer Fest is Saturday. So me and Crazy Neighbor and a couple of our friends and a and a, a listener who happens to be in town and was able to scramble and get a ticket and join us. We got a listener who is going to get the Crazy Neighbor experience firsthand. And I'm not talking about like the oh you know let's go grab dinner somewhere. I'm talking about the Crazy Neighbor. Uh, beer-soaked crazy neighbor experience does he go all i can't remember if we talked about this before does he go all in on that day and just goes nuts with everything yeah oh well yeah i mean it's it's what you do at beer fest you uh you walk up to a table so here's here's, let me tell you about beer fest so basically um and i I think i talk about this every year but there might be some new listeners so for four hours the convention center is open to uh, for a session, and and basically the session sessions start tonight, Thursday, Friday, two sessions Saturday, and I think maybe one session Sunday. But no, I take that back. I think it's just Thursday night, Friday night, two sessions Saturday, and there's an afternoon session and an evening session. Okay. And um, uh, we the the afternoon session on Saturday is reserved, quote unquote, reserved to members. So you have to join the. American Homebrews Association, and then you get tickets to the special Saturday afternoon show. But you still have to buy it, or a session. You still have to buy them. Yeah. But we figured out that it's actually cheaper for us to do four tickets with one of us being a member than it would be for us to get four tickets with none of us being a member. Oh, okay. Like a member, a membership and one ticket, more expensive, but a membership and four tickets, we actually save money. Right. So, um, crazy neighbor, Mr. and Mrs. Crazy Neighbor both have memberships. Um, and I just log in as her, buy the tickets for me. Yeah. And, and then we got them. So, uh, for four hours, you go, you go up to a table 
each table is a brewer and there are thousands of tables and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> um, you go up to a brewer, they've got four or five different kinds of beer in front, like a stout and a Hefeweizen and an IPA and a sour and whatever. Yeah. And you plop your little glass in front of the one you want and you say, oh, let me try the, uh, let me try the stout. And they very carefully, in the first couple hours, they very carefully pour you one ounce because there's like a little mark on the glass for one ounce of beer. And they very carefully kind of pour that one ounce. And then you try it. You're like, oh, that's very good. Okay, let me try the IPA. And you you know, you know, try as many as you want. And then you move on to the next table. Yeah. The second hour, the third hour, they get a little less careful about pouring that one ounce. And sometimes you get two ounces, sometimes you get an ounce and a half, but it's, they, they sometimes forget to stop at the line. And then by the, by the last hour, it's, it's like, splork, here you go, splork. <laughs> so, I mean, um, but you can, after that many ounces, I mean, you're, you're, yes. you're, you can get pretty, pretty effed up at this thing, right? Like, if yeah, you I mean, you think to. of a, you think of a 12 ounce can of beer. Yeah. Um, that's, me going to 12 that's me trying 12 12 beers basically right and there's something about drinking it like it's like the uh it's like the the star trek where they first encounter the borg and they figure out that um <laughs> they have to keep changing their their settings on their phasers because the borg is adapting to their shields oh yeah i feel like that's yeah. what my liver does with each <laughs> each one ounce of beer like like basically Oh, oh, he's trying to have a vice in. All right, uh, shields up. Oh no, it was an IPA. Oh, all right, shift your, uh, change your shields to adjust. Oh no, no, it's a. Yeah, I forgot about that. They do that, don't <laughs> they? They, the walk, they walk around and they and if they shoot them, the the Borg are like, oh, next time we'll have that figured out, and then they got to adjust their phasers right. up again or whatever. So yeah, exactly. your your liver is my favorite Star Trek character. It's pretty good. It is. It's the it's the Borg shield. It just can't keep up with the different phasers that I keep throwing at it. Nice. So uh, and so basically, you just. You just do this for the entire four hours. You just go up to uh, a table, try whatever ones you want, and and it's not like they're all scattered out. It's long rows of these of these tables. Do the different um, the different breweries give you? If you wanted, could you walk away with a case of their of their brew? Or no, their you brand? can't buy any. You can't buy any beer there. You can oh, buy um, memorabilia, but you can't buy any beer. Okay. Um, but, but you can you can then just take notes and there's a little app you can have that that shows you you can like say oh i really like that one and it's it's arranged so that as you go down the line you can just kind of swipe up to the next brewery and say i really like their stout and then you can come back to that app later when you're sober again and say oh yeah that stout was really good let me see if any local distributors have it so how does this differ from like a regular old oktoberfest style thing is it the same kind of thing like i've never go to those no really, i mean so. oktoberfest oktoberfest is more like a uh you've got you know several food vendors and 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 beer vendors and you've just got a a big mug you, there's like one or two beer vendors you take it up there you pay you fill up you fill up the beer with with uh, german beer or fill up your mug with german beer then walk around you listen to the oompa oompa band right and uh have some <laughs> some uh brats and sauerkraut and giant sausages and stuff like so that. so no food at this thing where you go because so you can't soak up all this alcohol you just gotta it's just straight to the gullet you don't have to there's any... very little food you can buy there yeah. however yeah enterprising people know that you can't carry you can't carry a sandwich in there with you okay but if you're wearing food that's totally allowed <laughs> so so we all make 
pretzel necklaces. Oh my god! And the more elaborate the pretzel necklace, the better, because it would start it out as like you take a, a piece of string. And you get a whole thing of those rolled gold pretzels and you just basically thread it through one side and you put it on your neck. Yeah. Now people are like using um, needles and thread or like, you know, like basically using like a, a knitting needle and string to make these charcuterie necklaces where it's like, okay, pretzel. And now a uh, uh, one of those little plastic uh, wrapped cheese things. Oh. A little, a little, oh, of the, cheese. Like the little red ones, a little red, uh, uh, wheel, like a tiny wheel of cheese. Yes. Yeah. Right. And then like a little, maybe like a little, uh, individually wrapped <laughs> sausage and then another pretzel and then another piece of cheese. Then individually wrapped sausage. That's amazing. So, do you do that? Do you, are you going to wear a thing that's like, we do the, we do the sausage or we do the, uh, the pretzel necklaces. And I'm thinking about introducing cheese to it this year and, <laughs> and having, having like three or four things of cheese on each necklace. Yeah. Um, I'll take photos of that. Cause that is. There, there are people who go all out on those things, and it feels like, at some point, you're caring more, caring more about the, the food and the pretzel necklace than you are about the beer. You're not going to taste the beer because your mouth is so damn full of pretzels and cheese. Yeah. That, you know, they call that you uh, could call that a food lay, which was also incidentally the uh, sequel to Nine and a Half Weeks. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, oh, but yeah, So anyway, if there are. Uh, any other tadpoolers going to the Saturday session or working? There's always uh, TMS listeners who are working Beer Fest. Give me a shout. I'll come by and see your booth. Come by and see your, your brewery or, or you know, bump into a, a look for me there. Yep. I kind of want to get – here's the other thing about Beer Fest is I kind of want to get some sort of way to identify and find each other. Um, at some point during Beer Fest, you're going to have to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. That's just the rule. But you – but right. you want to wait until the absolute last, last. Uh, uh, I mean, with within reason. You don't want to be peeing your pants on the way to the porta potty. Right. But you want to wait till the last minute because once you go to the bathroom once, you are locked into an every thirty minute schedule of going to the bathroom. Oh, is that a thing? Your kidneys just like all right, first one out. Exactly. It's like you, once you break the seal, it's like ah oh, crap, <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom again. And it's absolutely a thing. So you want to wait until the absolute last, last opportunity, like, all right, I'm finally going to have to do it. I got to go to the bathroom. And you, you, (laughs) you go and you got to, then you got to choose all the, um, the rows of brewers that are right by the porta potties, (laughs) because you know, if you go all the way back to the other side, you're going to have to be hoofing it back down. So, um, but not everybody in our group has to go to the bathroom at the same time. So I kind of want some, uh, like to get you know hats with uh police lights on on the tops or something like that so it's easier <laughs> to find each other when we get separated people well, yeah. show up in costume you've got people wearing like um uh like oktoberfest later hosen you've got people who who dress up like duffman mm-hmm. you've got you know all sorts of cosplay going on at this thing it's is it all fun. is always beer related cosplay though always beer usually focused. i yeah. mean you don't really see like captain america but you might see uh, Captain Logger America or something like that. Yeah. There aren't like Captain there, American Logger. There you go. There aren't like three or four uh, Deadpools walking around like there always <laughs> no. are these things. No. Okay. No, but that would be great. Yeah. It would be, be a lot easier to like have one cosplay costume that you could use for Beer Fest and Comic Con and stuff like that. That sure. would be that would be awesome. Yeah, there's got to be like bag. some sort of beer superhero combo. Oh, I could dress like uh, Endgame Thor. Oh, yeah. Why not? He's beery. That would be good. Yeah. 
You could totally do that. Do that. Yeah. That'd be easy. Robe and... Uh... Robe. Uh, <laughs> stick that gut you don't have anymore out. Uh, right. Exactly. Uh, what yeah. else? Uh, carry a big stein. Get a fake wig. Yep. You're good. I know. It's basically... With the exception of the robe, I'll look like 90% of the people who go to Beer Fest anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, your cosplaying is all the people there. That's uh, good. <laughs> well, there's always good stories from that place, so I'm excited for you to go and come back and tell us how it went. That'll yeah, be, fun. Should be, should be a lot of fun. Speaking of fun things, so last night I go to dinner with a uh, listener and fellow podcaster, fellow uh, cool dude on the internet, Will Harris. If you don't know Will Harris, he's a, a Londoner, comes from London, uh, works there. He's a very big-time entrepreneur-type dude. For some reason, he slums it here every morning and listens to the show. I don't know why. He's <laughs> wow. got a, a lot of other stuff to do. That guy, they've won Webby's. He, he lost a bet somewhere along the way. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> but no, he's one of the sweetest, nicest guys ever. And I've talked to him for years and years and years. Saw him at Nerdtacular 2017, but only briefly because we were just so busy. We just never really hooked up very much. So he says, hey, I'm coming through the States. I'm on a bit of a vacation. I'm going to stop in a few cities. I'd love to stop in Salt Lake and go to dinner with you and your wife. And I said, oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. We'd love to do that. So we planned this like a week and a half ago. Uh, two, three days ago, he was in Austin visiting uh, Brian Brushwood and those guys and watched him do a live mm -hmm. night attack and checked out that uh, that cult freaking nudist camp space that they they bought and all that. <laughs> um, right. And... Uh, Man, the stories about that place. But anyway, so they did that whole thing and then hopped on a plane, came here. And then yesterday at about, I don't know, two o'clock, I get a text saying, hey, I'm just uh, my flight should be on time. I'll see you at six at the thing. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Great. We got reservations, all this stuff. We're going to go to Brio. We like Brio. It's good. Italian food. Yum, yum. Uh, kind of in the middle. So it's not too far for him to go and not too far for us. It's like all in the center there. All's planned. All's good. We're about 10 minutes from leaving the house and I get a. I get a text. I check my phone. Uh -huh. It's Brian Brushwood. He says, hey, I'm in Salt Lake City. Uh, do you want to, uh, are you available? Are you around? He says. And I said, uh, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I'm about to go to dinner with Will, who I know was just at your house for like two days. Yeah. And, oh, I, that, and he goes, oh, haha, -ha, that's funny. I had no idea you guys were going to, he was stopping in Salt Lake. That's too good. Uh, and I said, well, we're going to dinner. And I said, you should show up. And then we're like, well, let's not tell him. Let's surprise Will with yeah. this arrival. Uh, but he was here for some, he's doing some collab with some other YouTuber or something for Modern Rogue. That's why he was in town. Oh, um, I've, for, when I saw that, I thought, oh, okay. So Schwood just came along with Will Harris to Salt Lake City for <laughs> some reason. But no, it completely, it is completely weird. unrelated. That's hilarious. It is weird. He was just here for the for this whole other thing, which is happening today and tomorrow, I guess. Um, but he's like, hey, I'm going to be here for a little bit tonight. Do you want to hang out? And I'm like, told him about the thing. He's like, oh, my gosh, that's too good. I'll We'll make it a surprise, and I'll just show up. I'll see you at 6. Uh, and his flight was just landing, so he had about an hour to get there. And uh, anyway, we go down to the, the place. We meet Will. Great to see him. He's the happiest, nicest dude. I just love hanging out with that guy. If he lived around here, or I lived around where he lives, we would hang out all the time. This is that kind of guy. You just love being around him. And he's super nice and super gracious and just really kind-hearted guy. Just love him to death. Anyway, we get there. He's there already. And we go get our seat. And we're reminiscing and talking and catching up and everything. And I'm in my back of head. I'm like, anytime now, Schwood shows up, right? And he's going to surprise uh -huh, right. him. Now, I thought Brian would just come in and go, hey, whoa, what's the, what are the chances? Yeah. You know, something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Instead, 
Here's what he does. And by the way, he's in sandals and socks. So flip so- flip flops and socks. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Tr- like crappy. Uh, Dang, you know, I don't even know what kind of jeans they like were. Dad gear. Yeah. It was totally like, you know, I want to fly relaxed kind of clothes uh, for sure. And, he, and he's also got, uh, Schwood's got a big old beard right now. Uh, not quite jury level, oh, I but saw pretty that close. In the photo, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty close. But anyway, here's what he does he comes running up to the table out of nowhere, surprising all of us, not just, not just Will. I mean, I knew he was coming, but the way he came in really surprised us. He comes running up there, breathing really hard with his hand outstretched with a USB cable in it. And he says, Will, Will, you you, you left this at the house. <laughs> you left this at the oh, house. I, I, I tried to call you, but I couldn't get you on your phone. I, I, I brought your cable to you, like making it sound like you ran all that way with a freaking USB cable. It was That's really, great. really funny and caught Will completely off guard. And uh, we went, went on to have a lovely uh, dinner. And then uh, I didn't get it on nice. camera. I wish I would have, but. Schwood did a uh, a card trick I've never seen. Boggled my mind. And I thought, oh, well, if he did this with his own deck, I would think the deck was tricked. Like the deck was mm-hmm. set up or something. It was my right, right, deck. Right. Yeah. I brought a deck to give him, the one I drew, the one over here in the stack. I brought him one. Yeah. And I said, here, this is a little gift. He opens that thing up and pulls off the most insane trick i've ever seen and i can't oh, i'm still bugged about it i mean both will just sat back and went oh like that made this like screaming noise in this thing because we couldn't believe what he did <laughs> really oh that's cool it was insane i wish i could even describe it he basically said he gave me the deck and let me do everything and i laid him out i don't know how he did it i just oh my gosh I still, right now, my brain is reeling about this trick I saw. It was in. It really? was. It was okay. like that. So you ever, you ever see Harrison Ford freak out because David Blaine uh, weirded him out yeah. his house? Yeah, I saw that. Yes, <laughs> in Harrison Ford's kitchen, he's like, "What, what did you just do? How'd you do that?" Yeah, <laughs> that's how it that felt. trick belongs in a museum. That's right. That's how it felt. I was, I was beside myself with that trick. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, he's uh, he was nice enough to do that, and then he did a lot of this like throwing out fans, chucking it from hand to hand, doing all the like fancy tricks you do with cards, you know? And at the very end, he aims it right at me and just 52 card pickups right in my face, (laughs) just all over the table. And the people there probably thought we were out of our minds, but it was just really fun. So uh, hats off and nod to those dudes for, for having a really good time last night. We call it Brits and tricks last night. That's what we call it. Brits and tricks. Yeah. Cause you got the Brit there and you got the tricks, uh, trick maker guy, man over there. And it uh-huh. was uh, it was a huge it was a huge good time. Now, well, Could, I was call it triples and tri- uh, tri- triples and Brits. No, I could have, I could have because his beard he looked like a triple. All right, so here's the deal. Um, uh, you while I was doing this, you were watching people with big crotches and tight pants. <laughs> I was. You know what? Only one. Like only the um, the male lead. I guess the primo ballerino. I guess is is. Uh, that what that's called but yeah went to the uh went to the ballet yesterday now here's um i don't know if i gave all the information about this but it was uh, don quixote the colorado ballet and the official show runs starting tomorrow for two weeks right. so what we saw was number one it was a reception because um all of their huge donors like the the people who contribute the most money to the colorado ballet get to go to this thing where it's a reception it's catered by um kevin taylor restaurant which is a huge fancy restaurant at the um 
at, at the uh, Ellie Calkins Theater House mm-hmm. um, and open bar. <laughs> so I, of course, you know, had several sapphire and tonics. And uh, what is that? Tell me what a and... sapphire and tonic is. Tell me what that is. Oh, a gin, gin, uh, sapphire Bombay sapphire gin, which Ooh. is uh, mm. top shelf gin. Oh, okay. It's, it comes in a very pretty square blue bottle, a uh, tall, tall rectangular blue bottle. Is it different than other gins? What's different about it? It's just better than other. Oh, gins. it's just better. I think it, it's right. better than tank. It's like Tanqueray, but without the hangover. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. I always have to ask my alcohol questions because I just plain old don't know. So that's good. Yeah. Anyway. There you go. So there, there, there's your there's your gin lesson for the day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, we we have our uh, our tapas. They had a uh, like a uh, delicious tort and some um, uh, ham and cheese. Uh, cr- cr- not cravats. What was it called? It was like a. It's like a little dome. Oh, deep fried with ham and cheese inside, almost like a uh, um, right. I've had that before. That's called a croquettes. Thank croquette, you, Jake Ashley. Croquettes. Cro- I knew it began with a CR, yep. and it was not a cravat because you wear a cravat. Yeah. Every time I hear croquettes, though, I think of croquet, the game where you yeah. whack it with the hammer ball, and and the ball goes through the ropes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Anyway, little little uh, plastic shot glasses of uh, gazpacho, which I love. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, it was great stuff, and so. Oh, we do this. We meet a few people, and we we make our way into the um, the theater part to watch the ballet. And basically, you know, it's set up like it's a rehearsal, so they're still going to be kind of working on the show and kind of finalizing some things. And and they let us know it's like um, this is a rehearsal. It's not the you know it's it's a dress rehearsal, so it's going to be as close to the final as you're going to see, sure. but we might have instructions that we're giving to the dancers a couple times and, and please no phones, no, keep your talking down, especially if you're near the tech table or near the orchestra and the orchestra is just going full blast. And it's awesome. Right. Uh, so, uh, uh, we go and we sit down, house lights go down and out comes, you know, the whole performance of Don Quixote and we're watching and, and occasionally you hear this thing like, all right, um, uh, Melissa, uh, make your way more towards the stairs. And so it's, you know, the stage is set up with, with this beautiful, uh, Spanish plaza and there's these stairs and, and you've got your main dancing going on in the middle. And of course it's ballet, no dialogue. Right. Um, is that true? They never do dialogue in ballet. Never do dialogue, not even any singing. So they've got to communicate the story of Don Quixote, uh, and his pal Sancho Panza, um, (laughs) traveling and you know uh, wandering the the spanish uh hillsides and and coming upon this plaza and son uh, and don quixote had a vision of a uh his love and so he thinks it's gonna be in this plaza and he sees these dancers and he immediately falls in love with the the um female dancer but they've got to convey all this just using ballet and some like you know, and, and yeah. gestures and stuff like this. What's fun is watching Tina and I got, had more fun watching the people, the extras in the background, Yeah. because while the main dancing is going on, you can't just have everybody else just kind of sitting there. Right. 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 So they're, but so they're, they're sitting at, at little cafe tables and stuff like that. And they're, they're dancers who are eventually going to get up and, and do like a big group dance or whatever, but they have to look like they're talking to each other, but no mouths moving or anything like that. So it's like, hmm, oh, point at the glass. Oh, now point at each other. Oh, look at the point. How about the sky? Look at the sky. Isn't this table nice? And you know, basically like, like making all these gestures. We're having such a great time watching the, uh, the extras. Wow. 
Wow, what a weird job to have to stand back there and do that point around right and wait for your wait for your mark to to start doing your dance um and occasionally like i said they're giving these instructions to the dancers the uh uh first act ends we're like oh, let's stay let's watch another act because they also said you know feel free to stay for 20 minutes stay for the whole two and a half hours whatever you want right. and it's three acts we're like well, let's let's you know see the first act see what we think how we feel if you want to stick around we said yeah it's good let's stick around for the second act Second act starts and now they're in like this forest and it's, there's a windmill in the background that's moving and it's really, really cool. And, uh, uh, there's a, a dream sequence halfway through where Don Quixote gets bonked on the head and the light kind of focuses down on him. And then the scrim comes down and lights shine on the scrim. So you can only see Don Quixote with the light because that's the only thing lit and you can see that through the screen but everything else you can't see okay. and they change out the whole set and now he's like in this kind of dreamscape forest thing <laughs> and uh i like that you uh, know that the, that's called the scrim i never heard that called the scrim before that's cool the scrim yeah 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 and uh and then you get it's full-on tutu business now right <laughs> so like it's it's uh maybe 30 uh 30 tiny little white women in a spanish production you know it's, <laughs> this takes place in spain how come it's all tiny little white women yeah anyway mm. all just in tutus they come on out and they're doing their little do, 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 and they're doing their tiptoe dance which just blows my mind how they can run around the whole stage completely on the tips of their toes chat room was saying something about how when he uh, somebody in here was working at the in portland uh at a place like that and then they would always have uh -huh. ice in the back because the, it really hurts. Even if you're used to it and you're good at it. I believe it. It just hurt yeah. all the time. Yeah. I don't I don't doubt that one bit. I mean, it hurts me watching them all on tiptoes for, for minutes at a time. Yeah, like, that's nuts. You know, that way. So, uh, um, uh, you know, they're, they're now like they're in kind of these two lines um, on both sides of the stage with Don Quixote kind of standing in the middle between them. And the woman gets on the microphone. Get in line, Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> and you see one of the dancers <laughs> slide over a little too, too. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I mean, this is the first time I've so, ever been interested in ballet. I've never gone. I've never been. But you telling me that there's like a pre-show, like rehearsal-y kind of thing where no one yeah. gets in there, obviously, except select people. But I would love to watch right. that process of... Uh, Bill, you're you're pointing up too much. Please quit pointing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, there was one point where they like uh, conductor speed up faster, faster, and so like the conductor is up there. We can see the conductor, but we can't see the orchestra from where we are. Yeah. And the conductor is doing his thing, and then it's like the more vigorous like conducting. Da -da 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 -da. Wait, Love he that. has to speed up so that that speeds up the music. Is that why? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Because because uh, they were going too slow and the. Uh, um, there was the main fairy was kind of flittering around in her little tutu in the, in the center again. And, uh, I guess maybe, I don't know, they could tell that she was struggling. So like, no, let's pick up the pace on the music so that she can kind of get off her feet <laughs> a little sooner. I don't know. Oh, that's so good. Did they yeah. ever go, uh, Bill, you've got a boner. Please go take care of that. <laughs> no, no, there was only one guy who had kind of the, um the super tight uh uh leggings on yeah. and 
and it was all it was like not just the the you know big crotch thing going on that you pretty much always expect in this sort of thing yeah but it looked like it looked like this thing was so far up his butt that he had <laughs> that basically it was painted on his butt yeah like it was that it was that uh it's like when uh, uh, when when uh, uh, Ned Flanders uh, was in Homer's dreams in his ski suit, and he kept saying, "It's <laughs> right. like nothing at exactly. all, like nothing at yeah. all." Yeah, just basically like like almost like he's going commando. But uh, yeah, anyway, amazing. so the whole so now Tina and I, you know, when we're when we're uh, telling each other to do something, it's going to be get in the line, Ariel. <laughs> was her name really Ariel? Is that the name? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that was the amazing. name of, of uh, one of the dancers. This is the best. I guess there was like real names. It wasn't. It wasn't like character names. So I've learned a little something tonight. I didn't, or today, I didn't know ballet was never uh, had any voice of anything. No narration. No, no nothing. Right. No dialogue. No singing. No nothing. That yeah. is that's news to me. I've never been to a At ballet. Least this so one. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to one. I'm sure someone's done some hybrid thing, but generally speaking, it sounds like that's a thing. And the other thing I didn't know is that. Apparently, conductors, their job is to control the speed of the orchestra, and that's yeah. yep. mainly it. Correct. What did el- what else did I think they did? Well, I mean, it's not just the sp- they control the tempo. They they um uh you know, they'll do the th- the gestures to kind of say no, punch up this part and like they'll they'll kind of gesture over to the to the the guy banging on the timpani saying, Oh, more, more, right. and, you know, right. I mean, I knew him. And then like the, the maestro guy from Seinfeld thought he was all that. And then you had the, the dude from the Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> right. I remember that guy, but I don't, I guess I've never thought about what their actual job was to me. It was more like they yeah. were, um, I don't even know. I guess I should have just known that in my mind, they were not just worried. Mm-hmm. About, I mean, those are, that's it. It's just tempo and, 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 and bounce and, you know, like how how I don't know he's, yep. he's just conducting how much exactly like how much all right how how much do we give in this violin section right here or um, I mean it is primarily uh, speed and tempo and and that sort of thing but yeah I guess the hang up the hang up in my head is that the the hang up is that I thought I thought they were a bigger deal that's not that big a deal you know what I mean. Like it's kind of a know. big I deal, mean, is it? I mean, maybe it is, and I just don't understand how hard that is. That's a, I think it's a big deal, and I'm, and I don't know what a conductorless, you know, like if a conductorless orchestra would sound, um, like, you know, flat and and kind of the same. Like, if there's not emphasis. I mean, you expect that. All right, we've played this thing over and over and over in rehearsal. We know which parts to punch up. We know which parts to to kind of play. Uh, fortissimo or pianissimo or whatever right um forte uh <laughs> but uh um i don't know what the, what it would sound like if you didn't have a conductor kind of keeping things on track if it's really like all right i'm watching i'm playing my instrument but i'm watching the the conductor for like keeping on track and keeping together and well, so like, okay, when I see, here's here's my main experience with a guy like that. It would be yeah. like John Williams. Yeah. But I know that John Williams sure. not only is conducting, he wrote all that. Like, it's his music. Right. So right. so he's directing the playback of his composition. And to me, that seemed like, that's a big deal. That seems like a big deal. So I, that's how I picture them all. So if there's a guy doing, who's up just conducting a thing that's a thousand years old, I just never, 
it just never occurred to me that well, all he's doing is just keeping time and and rhythm, really. And right. the and yeah. the and the oh, Daniel and, Daniel J Newman describes it very well. An orchestra is like a raid group of music. It's hard to get a group that size in sync. So you kind of do. It's like you've got Tetsemi uh, going there saying. All right, uh, we're moving More into phase nuts. two. Uh, healers, you know, or <laughs> melee, step forward. Yeah. More nuts, more nuts. You died because you didn't exactly. know what the F to do. <laughs> I love 50 that guy. DKP minus. <laughs> I love that guy so much. I do too. Anyway, well, all right. I learned so, a little something yeah, today. Yeah, you, you, uh, you and Kim should go check out a, a ballet out there and, and nutcrackers coming up nutcrackers like the go-to right that's your ham and cheese of ballet it is and you actually had ham and cheese which is pretty great but uh you know here the <laughs> the ballet in come on and queso yes <laughs> what are they called they're called the we have a big one here oh ballet west they're like a a big deal here in the ballet and i just have never gone so i don't know it always just seemed yeah. cheesy and dumb to me and and uh i realize that that's you know that's that's me being uh i don't know willfully ignorant about it but uh you've you've opened my eyes brian i'm gonna go next next chance i get check it out kim will hate it she hates this kind of stuff you know uh that's funny because tina was the was the one of the two of us that was really really um the most excited about going i was excited to see it um but tina probably without much prompting would have would have wanted to see would have wanted to stay through uh all of it act three Yeah. yeah I mean, she was ready to go at two, but like if, you know, if she thought that, uh, that I'd be up for it, she probably said, let's stay for the whole thing. So did you know what was going on in the story? I mean, other than you already know what the story is from, you know, the Don Quixote. It definitely helped that I looked at the, um, I looked at the website as far as like, and they have a thing on there that says in act one, Don and Sancho arrive in the Spanish plaza where he, you know, after he has his vision of his love and he sees this woman, but. For the most part, yeah. I mean, you could tell a lot what was going on. There was the, the, um, the prima ballerina in the center who was like the daughter that that uh, was kind of getting set up in this arranged marriage with this really posh-looking guy who I assumed was kind of a you know the equivalent of a prince, a Spanish prince. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't like him. She's waving him off with her fan, and they do these things like this part. I thought was fascinating. Like, all right, so these two are supposed to be um falling in love attracted to each other and they're dancing around each other and do 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 doing that whole thing and then <laughs> but then they start they're like more um in sync with each other and doing the same movements and it's like okay well that's how they're conveying that the two of them are kind of falling for each other they're more they're doing the same movements now and they're in sync with each other and then here's this other one who's trying to split them up and the dad is like pushing the the suitor away and um, and you can tell it's the dad and the way he's gesturing and, you know, that sort of thing. All right. It's really, really cool. Here, it made me wonder if they could ever do like a modern music ballet, like, um, well, somebody you know how they did have. Green Day American Idiot yeah, yeah, as a stage play? It would be really cool to see like a, a modern music, uh, still with an orchestra doing, doing orchestral versions of, um, something more current, more modern Weezer or Green Day or Foo Fighters or something like that. Um, still not having any dialogue, but doing, but telling a story with that. I think I'd love to see something like that. Right. Uh, a few in the chat room are actually taking offense to my whole conductor thing. I, all I'm saying is I never knew what they did. I didn't <laughs> know what really they did. You really pissed off our whole conductor audience, yeah. uh, Scott. Well done. I, I just meant I don't know what they do. That's all. 
This isn't me yeah. talking smack about them. I just don't know what they do. Uh, here's the other thing. So you 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 mentioned that idea. I'm sure somebody's attempted something similar to that. But is Probably, modern yeah. is modern dance or interpretive dance is does ballet fit into that category? Here's a whole other thing. I don't know. Um, it's re- I'm sure it's related because you're interpreting the story. I feel like interpretive dance more interprets the music that you're hearing. Like when you're hearing flutes you're doing this whole like ah flute sounds and oh drums whereas you're interpreting the story in ballet more than interpreting the music yeah i i uh i think that's interesting because i'd never i don't know i just never went i i feel like interpretive dance is more like on coming up with it improvisationally off the cuff um, oh, is that how that works? They just improv when they do modern or when they do interpretive I, dance? That's what I feel. That's when I hear interpretive dance, that's what I think of as like it's people on stage reacting to the music that they are hearing and 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 performing accordingly compared to um ballet, which is all right, uh uh you're gonna go over here and you're gonna go over here and you're gonna do this thing and it's scripted and structured and Ariel get back in line and you know <laughs> that sort of thing. Right. No, I, I yeah. as far as I'm concerned, the aerial bit's the best part of the story. But uh yeah, I feel like I've learned a little something and I didn't even go. So thank you for the culture the cultural sure. well, uh, thing. And people are, you know, uh, uh Icor is saying, Oh no, they practice. Are you saying for interpretive dance they practice? That's see that's that's my uh, that's my inexperience with interpretive dance. I just assumed it was. Uh, I feel like I should know this because my daughter took an interpretive dance thing, and we went and watched a performance. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like I should know the answer to that, but I actually, now, right. that, now that I think about it, I don't know if she was improving or if she practiced. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Well, I mean, did she? Did you see her doing interpretive dance between lessons? <laughs> now that you'd say that, I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like there was a bit of a blur there for that whole dance thing. It wasn't very long. It was some class you had to take, but. Somebody wins. I don't earlier. know. I was doing boop at the time. <laughs> yeah, I was doing some show about Heroes video games. Storm. Exactly. So earlier on, somebody had made a really good, great joke about the the. Uh, there's the conductor, and then there's the guy that stands in for him once in a while. His name is the semiconductor. I thought that was a pretty good joke. Nice job. <laughs> nice job. Nice. Oh yeah, Dice Tomato says, wasn't there interpretive dance at the last Nerdtacular? Kinda. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it, as part of uh, Frog Pants All Stars, we did a. Uh, around where people recreated uh music video dances to to get the teams to guess what they were those i don't consider that interpretive dance because it was really planned right. it wasn't interpretive it was it was uh downright copying the dances from the music videos it was as opposed to just interpreting those dances from the that'd be videos. definitive dance is what that is right. that's right exactly yeah, yes. that was pretty epic i enjoyed that a lot all right uh, well, that's good, but it's a fun, full morning of fun, good times that were had last night. Yeah. I'm still still digesting that monster lasagna I had. It was so good, though. You ever got, you have a Brio out there? Do you guys have Brio restaurants? No, no. I wonder if that's just a local thing. I think got, there's, we've there's got some two. good Italian restaurants out here. Oh, Brio Italian. It's funny. I start typing B-R-I-O. Yeah. Oh, is it Brio Tuscan Grill? Yes. You have those? We do have them out you here. You should try I it. I, I like it. I think some people think of them as Cheney, but they... they Every time I go there, I feel like I'm like Dick Cheney. <laughs> yeah, like Dick. Ch- they're very Dick Cheney. Uh, they like to. They have all kinds of reasons why war is inevitable. That sort of stuff. Uh, but no, it's a very, it's very good. I like it. 
Um, That's cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. seeing uh, there's one in the Cherry Creek Mall and one in uh, the Park Meadows Mall. Oh, so. they're mall ones. See, the one we were in was not a mall thing. It was like a separate thing, but uh, I didn't know they were mall things. It's interesting. Yeah. Is it just attached to a mall or is it like, it's not like in the mall. You don't walk down the mall and go to the like, um, food court. I'm thinking that the one at Cherry Creek Mall uh, might be, it's hard for me to tell from here. Interesting. Um, let's see. No, this one's outside. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's in the outdoor mall. So it's it's a restaurant on the on an outdoor mall. Oh, so yeah. it's uh, it's got its own space as opposed to being right between Claire's Boutique and the Orange Julius. <laughs> right. Like that would be weird if it was inside. But it seems yeah. nice. It seems nice and the food's good. And yeah. We had my mom's, um, my mom did her 80th. That's where the 80th birthday thing was where we brought the cake the dog ate half of. That was that mm-hmm. place. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway. It was fun. And was both good. of those malls, as TVZ on points out, both of those malls, Cherry Creek Mall and Park Meadows Mall, are our two high-end malls in in uh, the Ooh, Denver metro area. Fancy yeah. malls. Mm. Fancy, schmancy. Uh, what's funny is someone mentioned Macaroni Grill. I can't even go to Macaroni Grill. I always feel like a pig when I go there. I can't go there. I don't know why. Just walk out a of there feeling like a grill. Yeah. yeah. In, <laughs> girl, the Macaroni Girl. No, I said macaroni krill. Like oh, it's like uh, the food for whales. <laughs> yeah, some nice non, non. Uh, what do you call it? Versions of that for a whale who's sensitive to. I can't think of the word. What do you call it? It's gluten free. <laughs> we have gluten free. Gluten. Gluten. Yeah. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. All right. Well, hey everybody, that's been fun. But you know what else is fun? The news. This what is your radio newscaster with another exclusive, sensational summary of world and local events. Time for the news brought to you by. Today, I would like to share. It's a podcast by Blamo Industries. Here at Blamo Industries, or is it Blamo? Blamo, I would say with two M's. Blamo? I think it's, <laughs> it's Blamo. Yeah, you're right. It should have two M's for Blamo. Anyway. Well, maybe maybe uh, Blamo was copyrighted. <laughs> uh, here at Blamo Industries, we are always in the mill, grinding grains of content down into the perfect morsels for the episodes of our podcast today I would like to share. It's the perfect mix of news, comedy, trivia, and strange things from the internet. Find out more by searching for Today I Would Like to Share Podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like a fine effort. All right. Speaking of porta potties, where Brian says you should uh, only go last second if you have to, or beer fest. Uh-huh. Uh One of them in Florida is a is caused a real problem. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. A porta potty has exploded in Florida, and police found a body in the rubble. That's no oh, good. Oh, jeez. That's no good. Oh. Uh, police are working to identify a human remains found among the charred debris of a burned-out porta potty in Florida. Residents in St. Augustine's neighborhood uh, reported they heard a loud boom at about 6:30 uh, a.m. Saturday around their house uh, that was under construction. Around a house that was under construction. Uh, I heard that there were flames 15 feet high in the air, says neighbor Jan Long of First Coast News, <laughs> or she told this to First Coast. Is that what News. Jan Long sounds like? Yeah. Uh, our land that borders that land is all burnt now, she says. It was already in the glass. <laughs> Wrapped in plastic. <laughs> First responders arrived at about an hour late or later after that who find the porta potty on fire. Uh, St. John's County Sheriff's off, uh, uh, spokesman Chuck Mulligan. <laughs> That's a great name. Uh, Chuck Mulligan. I'm Chuck Mulligan. You only get two tries with me. <laughs> says right. Mulligan, see. 
Anyway, he says in his 32 years of law enforcement, he had never heard of such a fire. It was not clear how the porta potty caught fire when the fire was extinguished. Authorities say the remains of what appeared to be a female human were found within the rubble. The remains have not been identified yet. The police have no receipt, have not received any missing persons reports, so they don't know who this is. Uh, quote, we're asking anyone to come forward or has a friend or family member they have not heard from uh, to come forward and tell us maybe that's that person. But uh, yeah, you don't, you don't expect that in your, in your yeah. porta potty fire. Oh my God. I know. Wow. Right. Ugh. Oh man. And the rains uh, remains of what appeared to be a female. Dang, this yeah. is a rough business. It's a little gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they don't know what, what caused it. No, they have no idea. But it's Florida, so spontaneous poop combustion or something. I guess combustion. Somebody was using it as a crack, <laughs> a little, a little portable crack uh, office. Oh, that could have been. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. What if they were making drugs in there? That's possible. Yeah, right. I don't know if you have enough room. I don't know how much it takes to create mm. uh, meth in a in the little tiniest meth lab ever. I ever tell you that my brother uh, Mark, when I was young, told me that if you used an, a porta potty like at a camping site which is just a hole mm-hmm. and a big drop to the yeah. nowhere. He he used to tell that story that there were ancient Native American shaman that lived down there and that they were uh, they were constantly staring up at what was blocking the moon. And I don't know why he told me this story, but for my whole what? life, uh, my all my childhood, I thought he was telling me the truth, that there was this Indian shaman down there that was looking up, oh. waiting for the moon to be covered. And then he was just staring at me while I was doing my business. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he'd seen a whole different moon, I guess. <laughs> what? Right. Uh, I don't know what my brother was thinking. He used to kind of like uh, uh, Schindler's List, basically. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Oh, those poor kids wow. in Schindler's List, man. What? Uh, oh. What a bizarre story to come up with for for what's in the bottom of a porta potty. Right. He also did this thing where uh, public. So I don't know if you remember this, but back in the day at schools or in public places, water fountains always had a big metal splash guard behind them. Do you remember how that used to be? He used to say that if I pushed the top left or right screw, that's what made the water go. And so I would, he'd say, look, try it. And I'd go up and I would push the screw and the water would go on. Like, that's crazy. I'd let off the water would stop. (laughs) So every time I pushed the screw, it would come on and off and I couldn't understand it. So then when my friends would come around... I'd be like, you guys, you guys, come here, look. I'm like seven or eight. You got to see this thing. My brother showed me. Check it out. And they'd all line up to look, and I'd push the screw, and nothing would happen. Nothing happened. It's yeah. because he was pushing the little step thing, the little foot thing. <laughs> right. Oh, man. My brother uh, was mean. He was mean when he was young. He's fine now, but he was kind of a brat when he was younger. I mean, he was 10 years older than me, and I was like the kid to tease, so why not? Right. Um, all right. Oh, man. Check this out. This is pretty good. A gaming. Think of poor kids. <laughs> I know, right? Think of, well, yeah. Please think of the children is all I'm saying. Right. At least the Scott child. He was definitely screwing with me, dead polymers. Yeah. That's an obvious statement right there. Because uh, of the screw, see? I get the joke. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. A Jimmy gaming truck. Or a gaming, uh, sorry, gaming company truck spilled thousands of dice onto a highway. And they figured out they rolled a seven hundred and fifty-six thousand. That's hilarious. On these uh, D20s and D8s and whatever else was there. I'm guessing that's an estimate. <laughs> it might be, unless they know. Oh, actually, oh, it is you know an what? estimate. It is because really, yeah, at, they really did. They figured out that just the average is seven. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, they figured so out only six sided dice, no twenties, so no critical, no critical rolls. No, but it was all. So what would you call this? Probably um, was this bludgeoning damage? Is it uh, what would <laughs> that much <laughs> dice right. on a road? Probably bludgeoning. Roll for a lot of initiative. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Initiative check. Yeah. Uh, it says here it was the largest accidental roll ever. Uh, the pickup was hauling a massive load of six-sided dice for a yet-to-be-released tabletop game on Friday, uh, the 13th. Oh, ooh. Uh, when it took a turn quickly on Interstate 75 in Atlanta and created a dicey situation. Get it? Uh, uh, uh-huh. Uh, this is a rep New York the- Post <laughs> throwing out the uh, the puns. That's right. Uh, roughly half the load went tumbling into the busy highway, leaving a team of emergency responders to clean up the Chessex brand cubes and brooms, or with brooms and shovels, rather. Although uh, unfortunate it happened, nobody got hurt, and now uh, own an unofficial world record for the largest dice roll in history, says the company spokesman. Uh, in the video, <laughs> in the YouTube video of the aftermath, a man can be heard saying, quote, I wonder if we should go through and add up what the rolls were. So then they did the averages, like you said. It totaled to be about 756,000 is the likely thing. And it's not just boxes, like, you know, you see boxes of dice on the road. It is the individual dice littered. Oh, yeah. Littered all over the place. They're all over. Different colors, blue and black and white. I kind of wish they were, um, I kind of wish they were D20s just because. I don't yeah. know, it's a better visual. Oh, that would have covered such, it would have covered a larger uh, amount of the highway because those things roll forever if you, you know, because they're rounder yeah. as opposed to the square dice. They stop a lot sooner. Yep. Yep. But, Look uh, at this guy like scraping them up. They're everywhere. Yeah, like, oh, it's great. Uh, like with craps. <laughs> all that craps on the highway. Yeah. Look at all this craps. There's so much craps on the highway. Wow. Anyway, good stuff. This is the kind of story we love on the show. <laughs> Thanks, Internet. You provided for That's us well. Uh, also, there's uh, we got a we got a fugitive who's been on the run for 17 years. Finally caught by a, uh, by a drone. He was living in a cave. Oh wow! Yeah, this according to Chinese authorities, they've arrested a fugitive who's been on the run for 77 or 77 17 years. After they used drones to spot his cave hideout, he's 63 years old. His name is Song Jiang. Has been jailed for trafficking women and children, but escaped from a prison camp in 2002. He'd be living in the, uh, in this tiny cave, cut off from human interaction for 17 years. 17 um, years. <laughs> isn't wow. that crazy? Uh, Yong Shang police uh, received clues about Song's whereabouts in early September. They said on their WeChat account, those clues uh, led to them, or sorry, led to the mountains behind his hometown in Yunnan Province in southwest China. I feel like I've been near that. <laughs> Shenzhen compared to that, somewhere near that. Mm-hmm. The drone eventually spotted a blue-colored steel tile on a steep cliff as well as traces of household household rubbish nearby. Police then moved in on foot, and they, and they found him in a small cave where he'd been. Uh, the man had been living in seclusion for so long it was difficult for him to communicate with the officers. He barely knew how to speak. Uh, anyway. You got busted by not keeping your, your cave clean. Yep. <laughs> yep. Let that be a lesson to all of you. Also, Asian people don't age. This guy is supposed to be 65. He looks freaking... I don't know. He looks oh, raggedy, look. but, but oh well, yeah. I mean, he looks rough. Yeah, he looks rough. Just in the look... part of him that you can see. But you wouldn't look at that face and go, "Oh, he's sixty-five." It's funny, like the 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 drone image almost looks like a plane crash with the 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 trash and the you know the big chunks of of metal 
Oh, like a tra- like a trail when they crash, like a oh yeah, right. like yeah. kind of how you know you see the 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 stuff kind of scattered around. I mean, huh. maybe his first mistake was using a freaking blue, whatever these blue yeah, things are. Blue is probably the worst color to use. Bright blue for your. <laughs> Although seventeen <laughs> years ago there were no drones then, so maybe he just didn't he just didn't think about it. No one's gonna see me from the sky, right? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, no kidding. Well, nice try there, buds. I mean, work he out. figures there are airplanes, right? Yeah. I mean, there were airplanes 17 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Somebody could have flown over, but uh, wow, crazy. All right, final story. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to save this, but I'm not going to. I got to read it. This is too good not to freaking okay. read this. A man charged with repeatedly farting during a strip search. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So let's see. I want to. I want to have a couple of... Here's what I'm smuggling. I don't like that one. <laughs> oh, that was a sneeze at the end. Um, oh, wow. Uh, so in a... Let's see. This is uh, in a Scotland... Or a dude in Scotland, a man in Scotland, has been ordered to perform 75 hours community service after intentionally passing gas as police officers conducted a body cavity search. Police responded to a visual... Sorry, vehicle collision on the Langstracht in Aberdeen. Uh, they uh, noticed Stuart Cook, age 28, speaking to the driver in another car. After observing a strong marijuana odor emanating from Cook, officers searched him and his vehicle and found a small amount of cannabis. Well, that's where the story ends normally, but it goes on. Police handcuffed him, who immediately began to scream and act aggressively. Him, not the cops. That's a bad sentence. Um, he was brought to the police station in Kitty, Kitty Brewster. Welcome to Kitty Brewster. Kitty Brewster. Welcome. Uh, where he was booked and strip searched. During the procedure, officers claimed Cook passed wind intentionally multiple times. Here's the quote. Quote, he deliberately farted in the direction of the officer three times, stating, how do you like that? Oh, uh, that's funny. I, I didn't even see that when I was doing the, the thing at the beginning. How do you like that one? Yeah. How do you like that one? Yeah. And he farts. He's yeah. literally farting in their general direction. Yeah. I love it. He's just a little... You like that? You like a little of that? You know, there's some things in this world your nose will tell you how they taste before you ever get them to your mouth. <laughs> I don't remember doing that. <laughs> uh, anyway, he's in huge trouble for that. Don't fart on your uh, your arresting officer. Yeah, uh, he pled he pled to Jeez. guilty to possession of cannabis and behaving in a threatening and abusive manner. Uh, that latter bit For coming shame. from uh, the, the farting. So nice job. All right. On that note, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Wendy will be here. We're going to talk about uh, how much the world has changed since 1958. But in particular, a couple of interesting things about getting married today versus getting married in the past. Uh, some good stuff. So stick around for that. Uh, before that, though, a song and Brian has it. What is it? I do. We're going to go to Australia for this one. It's a rock and roll band named <laughs> named Skeggs, S-K-E-G-S-S. Uh, this is a new anthem for those who long for Friday night to come. It's called Save It for the Weekend. Um, this is some fun, I don't know, it's like an Australian Blink-182. Uh, for what, you know, however you want to compare them. They're great. Um, this is their brand new single. They're actually going to be uh, here in North America uh, headlining a tour on November 1st, starting a tour. Uh, so make sure you check them out. The band is called Skeggs. Here's their song, Save It for the Weekend.
fair listeners it's me scott johnson to take a moment to talk to you about the days when you were always ready to go yeah that's right now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed listen up bluechew.com that's like the color blue blue b-l-u-e you know blue and then chew.com brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved ingredients as viagra and cialis i'm saying those both wrong right viagra and cialis You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And because they're chewable, they'll work up to twice as fast as some sort of pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is a prescribed online product and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They are uh, made right here in the USA. And since Blue Chew appears, or excuse me, prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code TMS. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com and the promo code TMS. Try it for free. They're better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Welcome to my store. The Morning Stream. No matter what fortune cookies say, it is not better. In bed. All right, we're back, everybody. Skeggs, what a great name for a band. Yeah, I wonder what they get that if it's like, you know, their initials or something. Or Doesn't Borderlands have a creature you got to fight called a Skeg in it? Chat room, I oh, think, of the maybe. wrong thing. Seems like, oh, 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 hello, hello. 
Hello. Uh, hello. Oh, hi. We got hi. a weird. We got a, a little. Weird, yeah. Some microphone uh, stuff going on. <laughs> Sounds Am good. I loud? No, or no, too no. Quiet? No, or you're good. It was just making like a buzz, like you were, like you were uh, static cling or something like was happening. Putting your tongue on a nine volt battery. Yeah, I was. Oh, I was. oh, okay. Oh, that reminds me. Can I ask this question? All right. So, Wendy's here. She's a therapist. She's for real. Wait for her to answer if you can ask this question. Yeah. I want to know if she says yes. Yeah. Uh, when we sure. were when we were kids, I developed a genuine fear of putting a tongue to a nine volt battery and i think it was because matt or somebody like that or maybe it was mark but somebody was always threatening to like put one in my mouth i think it was mark because he was always just you know farting around with stuff like that and uh i hate i hated that feeling and sensation to the point that now everybody i know can like test a battery like oh let's see if it's still alive and they'll quickly touch it oh yeah that's still good Mm -hmm. i can't do it like i Oh yeah, I, I. It's only nine volts. It's I, like a. Uh, I can't do it. It may, fills me with anxiety to want to lick a battery. Uh, so I'm wondering, Wendy, did that happen to you? I mean, we know about the soldering iron. Let let it never be spoken about again. But how about batteries? How do you feel about those? <laughs> yeah, the soldering iron. I'm terrified of soldering irons. Um, no. Uh, you know what? That's interesting. I don't recall anyone shoving a battery in my mouth, but I too do like really won't do it. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. We must have seen someone electrocuted. Something like that. Oh, we that. did. What was it? Uh, I got electrocuted a little bit once. Um, where, where was it? A grandpa's video uh, game. Oh, a vi- remember oh. in the garage? There were video games in the garage, and I remember plugging the plug in with my fingers underneath the big plastic Ooh, thing. Yeah. And yeah. I got zapped pretty good. Yeah, I remember. So that. I that think it was be. just general electric. Yeah. And those can store because I mean they've got the the monitors and stuff. Oh, so yeah, those can store rough. a lot of yeah. Yeah, those are those are they were dangerous. That was that time in a a Pizza Hut. My dad was opening and working on a sit down model of like Pac-Man or something. And he touched the not transformer or maybe it was the transformer, something like that inside there. He touched a transformer. (laughs) But he touched it and it sent him flying backwards into the uh, into the counter, just like bang. And like a pizza fell off the counter or something that was kind of teetering there. And I remember. I remember thinking, I'm never going to touch anything electric ever again in my life. Because yeah, watching that was that's like, the thing. yeah. All right. Well, now I, I don't feel so bad. If you like, if your kids were I like, mom, the- mom, put this on your tongue. We want to see how brave you are. Would you do it? Oh, it'd be I hard. Have to. I have to get like you're going to clean your room and be yeah, my you need stuff week, out of it. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'd need to get some oh, reciprocal uh, payment out of your kids to make me do it. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't just do that. Give that away. No way. Totally. I do lots of stupid things for <laughs> dare, but I, I, I think we have some electricity problems in our in our past. I, I oh, think geez. that's true. All right. Uh, well, here's Wendy's uh, theme to start us off today. Am I going to shove it in my schema? That sounds great. Yeah. There you go. Shove it in your schema. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Wendy, of course, a uh, real therapist working all the time to help people with real problems. She comes on the show on Thursdays and helps you with your fake ones. No, with your real ones, too. Um, But also, sometimes we just get topical. And you sent me this link this week of a... um, Well, let me tell you what it is. Okay. Actually, first. Okay, so uh, a friend of mine... um, So I I recently did a presentation on addiction, and she came to it, and... I had to give a little intro. So I just said like my background and then I just talking about how I have given a bunch of presentations and I had given a presentation once on how to get married. 
a group of young people who were wanting to get married, I guess. Okay. I, yeah. I kind of threw it in there flippantly. It's not really what I was doing, but so she just thought that was hilarious. Like how in the world do you do a seminar and tell people how to get married? And so it yeah. became this joke. Anyway, so then she sends me this. So Scott, you can post it. Somewhere, yeah, I right? put it up. I, I put it up on screen for the chat to see it. I'll also put a link in the chat room so they I can gave, read it. I just, I just gave them a link. Oh, okay, good. Okay, there we go. Um, it is, this uh, is great. I love this 129 ways to get a husband. And this is from what, 1958? I think. Uh, is it 1958? Oh, I'm sorry. This is written in 2018. But Oh, it's a blog post that, that was written in 2018. But right. The, but the art, the original article, it's from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it's yeah. from '58, yeah. and so this is obviously is like a you know, it's a post about it. But there are, I mean, I can read a couple of these. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, for example, it says where to find him, meaning where to find a husband. How to find a husband? Yeah. Sure. Uh, the the wares of the list are number one, get a dog and walk it. Uh, number two, have your car break down at strategic places. <laughs> Uh, Some of these seem like they're a lot more, they're really, really, uh, they take a lot of work, a lot of doing, or a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Number 10 is super expensive. Oh, yeah. Take no. a bicycle trip through Europe. Yeah. How about number, I think five is frightening, like move to Nevada. Yeah. It says look in the <laughs> census. Well, 20, so, number six is frightening. Read the obituaries to find eligible widowers. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> Join a hiking club, attend night school, take courses men like. Uh, look at the census reports for places with the most single men. Nevada has 125 males for every 100 females, as an example. Um, here's my favorite. Sit, sit, on a, sit on a park bench and feed the pigeons. Oh, yeah, that'll get them. Get a job in a medical, dental, or law school. <laughs> wow. That's not even a sentence, is it? Right. Right. Are you you mean get a job in a school or get a job in the medical field after going to Oh, you know it must be the school, school because yeah, it no, is a correct sentence. Heaven forbid you would be a doctor, a dentist, yeah. or a lawyer yourself. Women can't woman, be doctors yeah. or dentists or lawyers. Ask your friends' husbands who the eligible men are in their offices. Jeez. Yeah. And then what? Go to their meetings? Like yeah. I don't get that. Yeah. Anyway. That's pretty yeah. gnarly. So, I mean, this is basically madmen era. Like, it is, this, right? Yeah. This is it's, what uh yeah. My favorite is number 19 on the, the 129 ways is to get lost at the football games. Like, just wander <laughs> around and get lost. They really well, they're that. women. They're already lost at football they're games. They're already lost. What's, what is the job again of the guy with the ball? Yep. <laughs> oh, here's a here's a good one. Number 20, don't take a job in a company run largely by women. Oh, for heaven forbid. Yeah, which ones in 1958 were largely run by women? Not what? many. I can, I can't, I don't get a job. Yeah, I can't even think of one. There's another one that says volunteer for ju jury duty. Oh, my Lord. Can you even okay, do the that? The best is can you number 17. Yeah. Be friendly. You can volunteer. Yeah. Be friendly to ugly men. Handsome is as handsome does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Settle for what you can get is what that one should say. Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, learn to paint. Set up an easel outside engineering schools. <laughs> Are these legit? These are real then. I mean, this is what they yeah. thought was good advice at the time. The best is 34. Wear a Band-Aid. People always ask what happened. <laughs> 35 is great. Depends on where you're wearing it. 35 is great, too. It says make a lot of money. Oh, okay. Wow. Jeez. Oh, easy. Okay. Yeah. They just, now, they're really scrambling for some of these. Like Here's the thing I didn't realize. I've been flirting my whole life uh, with number 31. Stumble when you walk into a room. 
<laughs> that he's in. I did though. not realize. Yeah, he has that to he's going to be like, oh, she's the marrying type. Yeah. The little did we know. Coordinated. Yeah. Well, what was the what's uh, so number thirty three is carry a hat box. What's, <laughs> what is why why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Why would is that? Is it even... because the the chivalrous man will carry your hat box? Maybe or oh. will he walk up and go, "What's in the box?" <laughs> maybe. I mean, they do they do have the thirty eight says dropping the handkerchief still works. So maybe that's the same oh. idea. It's like, oh, I got a thing and I'm carrying it. Uh, here's the, here's the my least favorite. 40. Stand in a corner and cry softly. Chances are good that he'll come over to find out what's wrong. If not, you're just going to look like that sad crying girl in the corner. Raise your hand, dudes, if you've ever thought, I'm out looking for a wife. I'm going to find the one who's crying in a right, corner. I want the I want the really, where can I find the most emotional woman possible? I know, it's the one crying in the corner. Mm-hmm. What, 39, have your father buy some theater tickets that have to be got rid of. First off, let's Let's not even approach the grammar issues in this one. Wow. Are, are you saying that the woman is unable to buy theater tickets? <laughs> no, has daddy's got to buy it. Yes. How about this one? Uh, this is how to uh, how to look good for him. Here's one. Uh, let's see. Take good care of your health. Men don't like girls who are ill. Nobody likes that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Buy a convertible. Men like to ride in them. Oh my gosh. Okay, 47 <laughs> is another one that feels personal. <laughs> Accidentally have your purse fly open, scattering its contents all over the street. <laughs> what? Uh, all that right. Is insane. Okay, okay, my favorite. So my favorite is. Good. How come 58 says get a sunburn? Why would you get a sunburn? I don't understand. <laughs> because, okay, you well, have to look good to him. You've got some in your hat box. Yeah, I guess so. Sorry, what, Wendy? You have to look good to him. So. Number 54 mm. is tell him he's handsome. Oh. How does telling him he's handsome make him look good to it's him? Projection. You look good to him. Projection. I don't know. Get it. Oh, you're carrying a hat box. You're handsome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if he has bought you any trinket or accessory, wear it. Uh, how about this one? Get that fresh scrubbed Jeez. look by scrubbing. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's my this favorite. This seems like an insult. Number 51, if you dye your hair, pick a shade and stick to it. <laughs> Quit changing. Pick a lane, lady. Do your thing. All right, here's here's a good one. Uh, 72. Oh, actually, 71's really good. Stick to your moral standards. I think if you follow this list, you've already not stuck to your moral standards. Right. If you're buying a convertible with the sole intent to get a man, then you're yeah, not sticking to that's not standards. a good standard. Well, hold on. But 68, I mean, maybe your standards are low. Use the ashtray. Don't crush out a cigarette in a coffee cup. Oh, yeah. Well, who who does that? That's just horrendous. And don't drink coffee out of an ashtray. Yeah. And then 72, <laughs> my favorite, I think, probably written by a man. Don't whine. Girls who whine stay on the vine. I hate that. I hate that. What the? the? We're fascinated by all of these. Number 61. When you are with him, order your steak rare. (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) Go on a diet if you need to. These are horrible. Does it mean you're hearty and like you can handle it? What does that mean? I don't know. Oh my gosh. These are bad. So the point of all of these. Is or the reason we're talking about him today is not to go <laughs> 58. You were dumb back then. I mean, it is kind of that, <laughs> but wow, how have things changed? Like, what do you tell couples today? Like, if they're if somebody says to you, Oh, I'm just I cannot find the right guy to date, everyone I date sucks, I don't know what to do, you're not giving them this list, 
you're giving them like a whole new bag of chips. So what do you what do you oh, do I'm for people not today? Giving them this list. Yeah. yeah. Um. Go to Yale. Oh my gosh, how is that a thing? Yeah. I, I love that. If you spend more time like working towards these things, working towards doing number 28 than you actually would do uh, in an in entire marriage. Yeah, Double, work in foreign service. 76, 76, I had to remind myself that this was from 1958. Yeah. Double date with a gay, happily married couple. Let him see what it's like. But it just that first, you know, the first prior to the comma, double date with a gay. With a gay. <laughs> you got to watch out for happily those gays. Yeah. Okay, here's my favorite. 98, turn wolves into husband material by assuming they have honor. Oh, Lord. That's bad. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't haven't looked through all these, but are there any that talk about the occult? Like, um, get some of his hair and burn it in a candle on an altar with a pentagram on the floor or something? Uh, if he's rich, tell him you like his money. The honesty will intrigue him. <laughs> what? Oh, but, that, but that's, that's, so but that's inherently dishonest. If your mother is fat, tell him you take after your father. If he's fat too, tell him you're adopted. Yeah. My Stow God. away on a battleship. <laughs> Ask your mother to take in mail wow. boarders. How about this one? Point out to him that the death of uh, the death rate of single men is twice that of married men, which, by the way, oh sounds God. like garbage to me. That doesn't sound like a real statistic anyway. Twice. You're going to die. <laughs> uh, yeah, these are so bad. Okay. Are we done with them? Yeah. So we, we, now, oh, now a, you can. Hours reading these. Yeah, you could bring, okay, us, bring us current. This last one. Okay. The 128. Let it be known in your office that you have a button box. And we'll sew on bachelor's loose buttons. <laughs> but then he says, don't Stop. marry him if he has too many right. loose buttons. Like, which is it? You're gonna, you got yeah. a guy with a button problem or you don't? Pick a lane. Again. Part of me wants to look on Urban Dictionary and see if button box means something completely different. <laughs> these days. I guarantee Everything's it. Everything's been changed. Guarantee it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what yeah. do you, so I've got a button box. So now you have this in our rear view. What's what's <laughs> what do you do and what do you do modernly? Well, in the front real. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. The getting married question, or just partnering up—that's kind of really the main thing. I mean, I think what's interesting about this, of course, magazines have always played this role, or gossip, or whatever, or try this, or optimize this, or here's a list of things to do. I mean, the dating coach world is pretty amazing if you have Googled it all mm-hmm. about uh, dating coaches, and you know. There's lots of speakers and there's lots of try this and don't do this. I'll give an example of one recently. A client um, purchased some, I don't know, dating coach package where you can, she's just like coming back from a divorce and was just like, I just don't want to do it wrong. And so she is um, following their advice. And here's one of them. (laughs) This is modern, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. It's how how to set boundaries, but still be flirty. Okay. I'm like, okay, All right. which is essentially like, so he, he's not texting back or, the, or it's just texting and there's no like asking out and it's not progressing. And so it's just like this perpetual texting situation is to say something like, my thumbs are getting tired. Uh, I can't remember what exactly, but it's something like my thumbs are getting tired. We should probably see each other in real life or, you know, some kind of way to not be cranky because yeah. heaven forbid anyone should be allowed to be cranky, mm-hmm. but. Um, so that's modern dating advice is to be flirty, but firm with your boundaries. So 
I think this has always existed and it will always probably exist because this is not the easiest thing in the world to do. So there are folks out there, they meet someone and it's just like natural and easy and like, well, let's do this. And then they're together forever. And we go, okay, what, how does that work? And, you know, we know a few things about why something like that might happen. Um, but that's pretty, that's not the most common way people meet, especially now. So one thing to remember 1958 or any other era besides our own, 16 to 21 was when this was happening, yeah, right? We yeah. were young. People right. were young. And then anyone 23 and up was considered an old maid, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Or an old man. I don't know how they, what they call it. The, the women suffered more from that, I think, than the men did. They, I mean, oh, even, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Of course, because as you read, your whole value is not to actually do any of the things in life. That your value is to find a guy who's doing those things. Like that was seems pretty clear yeah. from that list. Um, interestingly, our dad was, he was 32 when he got married, mm -hmm. which is, was pretty darn old back then. Now it's probably average, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's a little above average. It's probably uh, slightly above average, but not much. I think that's about right. No. Early thirties. Yeah. But then it was uh, quite a bit above average. Um, mm -hmm. I just think he didn't in the end, didn't care what people thought, but, right. uh, yeah. So, so you have this, you got to think about the mentality when you're, you know, quite young and you're meeting someone and you commit, you live your little life and you do your thing. And it seems like, oh, that's so simple. Well, dating and, and courtship and all of those different things have changed a lot um, over the history of humans. So if you go back to sort of original pairing up, it's all about utility, right? It's all about procreating and utility. So right. you essentially are and it's all, sorry, also proximity, right? So you live in a little town in the middle of nowhere. You, who are you going to date and marry? The other farmer's daughter. It's not that you, you don't really have a lot of choices. And it, and it wasn't the mindset to, you know, I need to search the world and find the perfect girl. So we have this thing that's happening um, over time is we now marry for very, very different reasons than we ever have historically. Mm -hmm. um, and so, of course, we have the modern version of, it's optimized. So it's not simply like, well, proximity is now anywhere the internet is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's enormous choice, right? Um, which is humans aren't the best when we have too many choices. Um, but then there's also this sort of opposite response of like, there's so many that also means there's no one, right? Yeah. Um, there was a podcast a while ago. I can't remember what it was. Probably, I don't know, a science one uh, about... This woman in Boston who was going to use the scientific method to find a husband. Oh, I, I heard she, this. Do you remember that? Yeah. What was this? It was a. Uh, I think it was. It might have been. Ah, crap. It was essentially like I mean, boiling it down to just like real numbers. It was take eligible bachelors in the city of Boston who had to be smarter than her because that was really important to her. And she's like a Harvard scientist. <laughs> so the numbers were small. Yeah. Um, and kind of finding the one that you click with and you're attracted to. And like, like when you really boil it down to the reality of it, it's a miracle anyone ever finds anyone, right, you know? Right. Um, and so that that's an interesting podcast to listen to to feel hopeless if you're single. Um, but also, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's kind of the miracle that it, when it does work. And what we've, I'm, this is anecdotal. I'm not, I have no research to back this up. But just what I see happening is our tendency to sort of 
optimize and access to what a hundred apps you could find right now, get on and flirt and chat with, you know, all the people around you. Yeah. Um, means that there is this sort of optimizing that occurs within a relationship and you have a harder time committing. Mm. So commitment issues kind of can stem from lots of things, but a commitment issue can stem from you've dated many people, you are watching many people via online or Instagram or whatever. And so you, you start to create an image of this person that would be perfect for you. And sometimes it's just based on looks. Sometimes it's, they have to have, you know, all the degrees and be perfect at this or that or whatever. So our standards get a little ridiculous. And then when we meet real people with real problems or real challenges or some version of not perfect, there's this, maybe there's always something else out there. Um, and committing means I, I shut that door. So that was a thing I've, I've commonly dealt with with folks who are just, they're like, I want to get married or I want to pair up. And I, I don't know how, um, what I usually find when I did start digging is that they've got this optimization problem. And I don't know, you guys married before the internet. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you, have you ever imagined dating right now? Like what that would be like? No, the crap that we'd have to go through to like, you know, it, it would probably go straight for online dating for me, right? Like using swipe yeah. left, swipe right, whatever that is. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what the app is. Oh my God, I'd be stuck. Tinder. What is that thing? Tinder. Tinder, Tinder you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Have to be careful because there's a lot of other ones out there that mean something else. Yeah. You don't want all of those. I mean, it's funny because you say that and it's true. We were, we got married right, Kim and I and, and Brian right around the same time. We got married right as the internet was a thing, right as it was starting. Yeah. And there was right. no, certainly right. no dating apps or anything yet. And um, no. so for us, it was all the old fashioned traditional ways. And now it's like I watch Nick and he's dating here and there. And it's it's through apps. I forgot that there's a new one that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the name of it. It's not Tinder. It's something You can just else. make up a word. I'm sure it's an app. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, make up a word and take a vowel out and like there's an app. Boingo <laughs> or bing, bing bong or something yeah. like that. But anyway... Bumble, that's it. Bumble. It's actually Bumble. Bumble. <laughs> anyway, apparently Bumble is a um is the place to be now. And he met <laughs> he took some girl out the other day on it, one somebody last week. They went on a date. And in every case he'll come home and I go, How'd it go? Ah, it's all right. Like, what do you mean? I don't know. She isn't really my type. Like this kind of attitude. And I want to say to him, mm-hmm. Well, maybe you ought to get you out there in a little social situation that isn't just your phone. You know, let's go to a, a good dance or a gathering or a yeah, thing go or to something. A dance. Sure, yeah. A uh, hop. Don't they call him a hop? Yeah, they yeah, go, right. to the go to the hop. Sock hop. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's a sock hop that he can attend or a. Right. <laughs> well, this is I mean, part of the problem. As old-fashioned as some of the things in this list, right? And this yeah, is and this is part of the problem because he sees all alternatives given to him yeah. as that as sounding like that. It all sounds like you're saying go to the sock hopper. Why don't you go down to the soda fountain and you know, like, like that sort of stuff. Now he does. He frequents this little, uh, this little uh, bookstore coffee shop place that he likes. That's got you know a couple of girls in there. He likes so him and his friend will go down there and kind of lurk around or whatever. And um, I mean that's at least something. <laughs> you know, it's at least somewhat of a face to face sort of hang out and talk and whatever. And he's going out with her this weekend or something. He hates when I talk about this stuff on the show, so I shouldn't do it. Oh, but, I'm sure he does. But, the, but I, I love how you use the word lurk. Yeah, I shouldn't say lurk. <laughs> but they, you know, they go and they hang out at a booth and 
tell jokes for three hours until she's off and then she'll come sit with him and they'll talk more and then he'll come home and it's like no big deal but that right. that at least has some social wires in it you know that are that are that are deeper yeah. than just uh you know keyboard courage so um yeah i don't know what to tell that group i don't know what to say to gen z i just feel like i just feel like things have changed to the point where yeah there's still going to be people who meet at work and meet um through friends and things like that but these days i think it does it's probably you know 60 percent meeting online meeting in some um some connection whether it's uh, an app or or some sort of online um matching up connection kind of thing mm-hmm. and so you right. just got to go where the where the fish are biting where the mm-hmm. fish are biting well and when you're in college or sort of that age group there's a lot more hanging out time mm-hmm. where you you have opportunities but once you're sort of in the workforce and doing the 40-hour bit you you got clubs at night and then you got to go to work the next day it's not quite the same options of meeting and this is true for friendships too so it gets a little harder the older that you get. And so these apps really are like an amazing thing on one hand, but then they can be really hard and toxic for folks. I, I would say I spent a lot of time in my practice asking people to get off them mm-hmm. um, because they tend to use them in a in like a crack cocaine kind of way. <laughs> like, like a crutch? Well, they get, I mean, and, and let's also be very clear about like attractive levels is kind of are the people who are, are using these apps and having success and then, or, or they've written the right thing. In fact, you know, you Google or get a coach that tells you the right way to put a picture. And I mean, the studies are like, girls should be a full body shot. Guys should be holding an mm. animal. I mean, whatever. <laughs> they're all dumb. But, well, they're going to look at these in, in 50 years, you know, exactly. Like this and article think, and say, what? Right. Exactly. Well, I hope in 50 years they're going to say, you are kidding. You would just think someone was good looking and swipe your finger and that was it. That is, that's how yeah. you base your society. Yeah. I mean, well, it's all insane. I mean, when Scott and I were, were in that uh, dating age, there were, before we could go to them, there were things called singles bars where yep. you specifically went to, to find people of the opposite sex who were basically there just because they were looking. It was like a, Right. I don't know, like a live meetup version of Tinder. Live Tinder yeah. Well, yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Tinder's just replaced that for a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's not that it's all new. It's that it's delivered in in a in a an abundant way that has like a problem with decision fatigue, right? So mm-hmm. these club, so these these individuals I'm I'm speaking of, they're all pretty attractive. They can go on and get a date pretty quickly. And what they end up doing is whenever they're having a hard time in their real life maybe in a relationship or, you know, after a breakup or something, they go into Tinder for a hit because mm-hmm. they get instant responses that you're wanted, yeah. that you're great. So they're not necessarily following through on that. They're just kind of yeah. using it for a, a a hot or not kind of thing, right? A little like, bit, a little yeah. bit. And, right. and so you can think, oh, that's disgusting. But also like, hey, we've done versions of this forever as a, a species. And, but what it means is you've got folks on there who are really intent on dating and yeah. really want to find someone. Then you have folks who are just trying to feel good about themselves. And then you have folks who are desperately trying to get anyone to respond. And then, I mean, it it's a marketplace of ginormic proportions. Sure. Um, I think Bumble is the one, correct me if I'm wrong, 
where the women do the following up. Yeah, they they is reach out. I think that's what that's it is. That's a good, safer way to do it for sure. Right. Yeah. And there tends yeah. to be just like a little bit of mo more uh, interactions that are a little less disgusting. Yeah. Do you find um, that um, that people are working or not working as hard on their relationships as they used to because there's this easy uh you know i'm kind of getting bored in this relationship or we're fighting or whatever yeah i'm just gonna give up on this one and go to tinder because i can find something right away to replace it well i would say actually the opposite happens they have oh. if anyone spent any amount of time on tinder and on social app or dating apps they yes. are loath to go back there yeah they oh, do really? not want to okay. do it oh wow. yeah right. yeah and we're not talking about someone who's like a monogamous a serial monogamist or something like that's sure. probably their jam I'm talking about just generally when people have had a decent relationship, maybe it got rocky and they ended it. I mean, it is torture to get back on. Yeah. Um, and then there's some who okay. it's just, and they'll go on for two weeks just to get buzzed, like I'm wanted, okay. And then they stop and oh, then yeah. they're like back to real life. So it, it's all sorts of variety. So I'm gonna give a general what to do that has nothing to do with your apps. <laughs> Right. Um, because the apps are just like dropping your hanky chest again. Hanky chest? Hanky chest. <laughs> Carrying the hat box. Yeah. Yeah, the hat box. This is that's the hat box of, of our century. Um, but the thing that would have worked back then and what works now um, is a little bit different. So so I should say one thing about marriages and relationships now. People marry now for a much higher standard of well being. So it's love, it's attraction it's all the things this person has to be all the things it's pretty hard to pull off yeah um but it does mean that and and they tend to get married a little bit later and and so it tends to be that when marriages are solid they're solid and they're happier so we have this divorce rate that's kind of been flat for a long time which is not a great rate but 50 percent, right um it's been flat for a while in fact it's dipped a little bit and part of the reason they think that's happening is less and less people are getting married um, in suboptimal situations mm. and that end up breaking or, or, or leaving. They tend to be because they've shopped too hard and too long and they're not going to give it up. <laughs> um, and, and so you can say, is that compatibility? Well, so there's two edges to that sword, right? One is that it's really hard for a lot of people to find this. And so a lot of people are very lonely and disconnected and very frustrated with the situation and then for those who have found it it's they're sort of happier as couples than most of history which That's, is bizarre to have both that right? is really bizarre to me and and frustrating for a lot of people because they, they, this feels like this elusive thing they can't find and i'm talking like people are listening like oh no i'm not very attractive this is never going to work for me it isn't about that in the end because some of the most attractive people i know are the ones who struggle the most with this oh yeah um and, and so, you know, we don't want to feel bad for them because they're also very attractive, but what, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really tricky. So here's what answers, this goes to the heart of everybody's situation. Okay. Um, and the only thing you can actually do, and that is to take out your own garbage. Mm. <laughs> Just, Sound, garbage sounds like something Kim tells us. Mind. Kim tells me that yeah. all the time. Take out your own garbage. But she so, literally means this can dating. right here, right here stuff in it <laughs> yeah. number number one uh way to find a man take out the garbage take out the garbage <laughs> meet him at the curb <laughs> no <laughs> is to deal wait for the garbage with... man to come around the corner and then 
<laughs> then drop right. your There's, handkerchief right in front of the truck. <laughs> There's so many options. It's frightening. No, it's to it's to genuinely deal with your stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah. what ends up happening is people using the app for all variety of purposes are using it because of their stuff. Mm-hmm. If if you quit it, you're using it, you're doing that because of your stuff. If you're you know, whatever. Like if you have a handle on what your issues are. So Scott, today we have made this massive breakthrough. You understand you do not lick batteries for yeah. good reasons. <laughs> yep. You saw your father shoot across a pizza hut. Yeah. <laughs> after getting electrocuted. Like right. there is a reason, right? And yeah. there is a reason for all of the things that people tend to do in their dating and romantic relationships. It either comes from somewhere in their history, it comes from some thinking pattern that they have, it comes from some deep-seated resentment for blah, blah, you name it. And so to do your work, I swear I've watched this happen so many times. It is the most, it is the most miraculous thing I get to do in my work is watch someone go from they attract the same kind of people, they're having the same kinds of experiences over and over, and then we take out their garbage. We we take it all out and yeah. we microscope look at everything. And we put them back together and then they date again. And it is different people. Different people show up in their life that they have never shown up in their life before. Yeah. It is absolutely so cool. And I don't I don't ultimately know how to explain it other than when your stinky garbage is not stinking around you, there's a something new occurs. And you, it's not just that others find you attractive and a di- different people. You find different people attractive. Right. There is something that shifts. Um, it's like that whole, why do guy, girls like bad boys? There is a psychological reason you're doing that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. why you want to be with someone like, you know, oh, that guy's ignoring me. That I, That's the one I want. That's insane. Yeah. And that's because there's some garbage you haven't dealt with. Um, or, you know, the girl crying in the corner. Dudes, if you're into that, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to take out your garbage. So that's my recommendation for everyone who's, it, this is even remotely uh, um, touching is that really like go dig through your garbage can maybe have a professional help you do it because you may not be able to see what's in there but if there are some of these things happening there are some great advice out there by dating coaches and maybe you're just doing some silly things here or there well you need a list isn't there also i mean there's also this idea that you know society has all its its quote-unquote norms about what relationships should be when they should start and when you should date uh when you better be married by like all of those artificial sort of rules that don't really you know they're, they're just sort of made up um and, yeah. and you know a lot of people adopt them so they're so they seem like the norms but there's going to be people out there who just would rather focus entirely on a career or focus entirely on something else they're doing and they just don't want that relationship they don't want to go there and i feel like they get all kinds of weird pressure like they ah, they get yeah. all kinds of heat like right. it, I, I, can t- I can tell you just from my my daughter's standpoint she is very focused right now on school and she's very focused on work and career and she wants to build something rad out of herself that anybody who is male at her age would not be getting any heat at all about who you dating who you going to be married and like when are we going to get married like no one would bug him about it if it was a him because it's a her they're constantly trying to set her up they're constantly worried that, oh no, heaven forbid, at twenty-two, she's not, you know, all tied down yet. In a serious, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just look at it and go, she'll get there. Everybody, just calm down. She's got stuff to do and stuff she wants to do. She doesn't have any obligation to adhere to those exact templates that we all lay out every day. 
And I'm sure there's a lot of people in that category who just feel that pressure. I mean, I know she does, and she's pretty good about just pushing past it. But, you know, that's that's unrelenting sometimes, especially when it's people you care about that are always going, so what's going on? Are you going to bring him to dinner? Like right. all this You're stuff we dating. do. Yeah. And then when they get married, it's like, when are we having another grandbaby? And like, we're not, we're never going to be that to any of our kids. Once they do what they're going to do, it's great. And we're there and we're going to celebrate and it's great. You know, Van's in our life now. It's the greatest thing in the world and freaking love him to death. And it's great. But nobody was hovering around Taylor before going, so when are you going to have a baby? Like it's, that stuff sucks. <laughs> So I guess what I'm saying is, what do you tell those people uh, who well, just don't you, want it? You get a good one-liner. So so this is an example of a cultural norm that is particular to your region, right? Like I, I was an old maid because I was married at 24. Mm-hmm. And Adam, who comes from Atlanta, was insane. He's a baby. What is he doing? He was 24. Your whole life's ahead of you. So it's just sometimes culturally specific. Yeah. or family specific, but I think a one-liner can go a long way. So uh, when we were first married, this very old woman in my neighborhood um, loved to ask us when we were going to have children. And she'd ask me and I'd just be like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't even know if I ever want children. I would never say that out loud because she would have freaked. But I just kind of tried to avoid her. In fact, one time I hid in my bathroom when she was coming to my house. <laughs> I was scared of her. Um, anyway, but Adam was not scared of her. I don't know why. I don't know why he wasn't scared of her. She was terrifying. And he did this. So they were out walking on the street. She walks up. I'm, I almost died. I see her coming. I'm like, we can't avoid her. She comes up. So hi, when are you guys going to have children? Mm-hmm. And Adam quotes raising Arizona and says, uh, doc says something's wrong with my semen. <laughs> And I thought I was going to die. That's and I really just kept funny. walking and shaking, laughing, and he's just dead staring at her. That's and maybe really it's because he could do a southern accent again. I don't know, but it was. And she, she didn't even know what to say. <laughs> it was amazing. Guess what? She never asked us again. Ah, uh, yeah. So maybe Carter Good just needs a little that. list of, like, I, you know, it wouldn't be so bad if there was an old per- old lady just to be like, well, how's menopause going? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. some things you could just flip that around and end that conversation. Yeah. But it's true. We are, we are as a species, we're a little bit weird about this stuff. If someone's not taking a traditional path or a, or a path that makes sense to us, we just get weird. As if random people can get Carter to go on a date and marry someone and have a baby. Like, that's just a strange... It is weird. It is weird. Because A, it's not their life. And yeah. it's not that I think it's not like I think people that, that do that to people are have ill intent. Certainly, I don't. I think no, they, they want them to be happy. Intention. Yeah, like I. I mean, I'll admit I'll cop to this once in a while. Um, I won't name names because I get I don't want it to be weird. But there there are a couple of couples. <laughs> there there are some couples in the frog pants sphere that I would think I think would make amazing parents. But I also know they're probably never going to have kids. But I still tease them and say, oh, man, you know how cool of a dad you'd be? Like, I'll do that. And and I realize sometimes that, like, I'm kind of doing it. Like, I'm, I'm doing that thing where I'm 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 projecting my, my, my very positive experience raising three kids. And I'm projecting it on people who are afraid of it or who otherwise don't want to do it. And it's not good. I should not do that. You know? Because it probably drives them nuts. I don't know. They've never said, and they don't, you know, really. But that's the problem is nobody ever well, says because they're trying to be nice. You, Scott, we have a kid already. 
already had that boy. You've met him. Yeah, I have met him. You're right. Ah, Brian, I'm sorry. I did it again. Yeah, I'll stop so quit pressuring you. me. But I, well, had... I think some of it, real quick, is that you, you, it is your positive experience. And it's really what it is. It's a way to connect with someone. And it's a thing that pops in to your head. So I remember when my kids were small and I'd be at a grocery store and they're all insane and some old lady would go, oh, enjoy this stage. And I'd be like, I will never appreciate this stage. Like, shut up, you know? And it, and it's because, and I know now I see little kids being turds in stores and I cannot help but smile. Like, oh my gosh, I forgot. And also, haha, sucks to be you. And it's not me. And I say nothing. But if I am, if I'm not careful, some dumb words are going to come out of my mouth that I vowed I would never say. Right. Because there's something when you're in a different position and it is a connector. I'm, I'm, it's almost like, hey, I see you and I care about you, but it's the wrong way to make a stranger feel seen and cared about. Yeah. It's just a mm -hmm. weird impulse. And, yeah. and I think especially family, they tend to do that. So yeah, I mean, leave everyone alone. Also, you know, find out like your own garbage. That's the amazing thing. When you really get to know someone and get to know their garbage, you go, oh yeah, there's some reasons that you should be single longer. Or there's reasons you should never get married. Or there's reasons you don't want and that's okay. And there's reasons you should get married tomorrow, but you're not. Or like you can start to see, but who really lets you see their garbage? Yeah. So we have to make this cultural mm -hmm. assumption that you're not following the norm. So now I need to worry about you. Yeah. Um, when really just, you know, leave everyone alone and take out your own garbage. That's the theme for today. I like it. It's pretty good. I hope people take it to heart. And uh, I'm going to stop teasing my married friends who don't have kids. Not teasing them, but, you know. <laughs> I just, you know, I, it's it's funny because I, I talk about how I don't like this when people do this to my kids, but I've done that exact thing where I'm like, it's almost like I'm saying, I'm not saying it outright, but I'm basically saying, hey, clock's ticking. Better get on this. You don't want to be yeah. a, you don't want to be a, you know, when your kid's in high school, you don't want to be 75 and completely out of the loop. Like, get on it. Time to go. Let's go. But that's just not, that's not cool. I got to stop doing it. I don't do it that often, but I catch myself now and again, and it's probably not good. Anyway. Kids are great. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. Uh, hey, well, there you go. Uh, good stuff, as always. And uh, it's always fun to hear from uh, from Wendy. Do you got any cool causes to uh, speak on behalf before we go today? Anything cool going on? Um, I, I don't. Just be nice and take your garbage out. I do have some stuff coming around the bend, but it'll be a little, it'll be a little time. Look, pulling Johnson's, pulling Johnson's is in our family yeah. blood. We all do it. It's right there in the. It's right there in the name. It's a family uh, tradition. Yep. <laughs> we all do it. We all say, "Oh, I got this thing, but I can't talk about it yet." It's a thing. I swear, I don't know what that's from. I don't. I don't think it's from our parents. It's just something yeah. we do. I do it all the time. Wendy does. You know it. what it is? It's that we actually have no idea. We just know that something will. <laughs> And that this is stalling. We're such good stallers. I know, but I have an idea by the time I'm pressed to finally say what it is. Yeah, yeah. that's part yeah. of it. I've had a couple of those. Well, see, I have I have somebody I want to promote, like, who is fantastic. She's nowhere near ready. And so that's the thing that's coming. But I'm like, I, I got to make it sound like it's so cool. Uh, I got nothing. All right. Uh, then I stall. That's what that is. Yeah. So, Scott, you're stalling. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm totally stalling. Uh, well, actually, the, other, the the last thing I did one of these about it was actual thing, but I think I'm just not ready, so I still am kind of stalling. <laughs> there's a stall. There's a stall factor for sure. I'm in the stall. It's building uh, tension. That's the point. yeah. I'm sitting in the stall and I'm making sounds <laughs> you don't want to repeat. All right, Wendy, it's always good to hear from you. Uh, have a fantastic week, 
You can follow her on Twitter at Therapy Thursdays. You can also go to therapythursdays.com and send her a message if you don't want to send us one, but you can use our email as well if you want. And uh, we'll talk to you next week on another edition of Therapy Thursday. Bye now. See you, Wendy. All right. You know, I once asked asked Brian if he agreed with me that these are good for people to hear these segments, and he said... Yeah. Right there. He said, yeah. 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 I love playing that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It doesn't even register as a full second in my list. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So if you say... I remember it was like we were just doing the thing going... (laughs) It was. I think it was like top of the show, just us being dumb. Yeah. And it cracked me up. Yeah. So I kept it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Ken Kratz going, it's his prostitute. He's going, So do you like it this way? Yeah. Okay. How do you like that? <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will now be done, except I have an email. I want to read that. Okay. Let's read that email. I sure will. It says, uh, It's Nathan from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> Wait. Toronto, Ontario. That's a two different places. He's playing a joke on me, no. isn't he? No, he's not. Toronto's a city. Ontario's the province. Canada's the country. Oh, is that true? <laughs> yeah, it's like saying it it's like saying Salt Lake City, Utah, United States of America. Uh, okay, well, in my head, Toronto and Ontario were two different like things. <laughs> I can't believe I still They're don't understand. They're two this. different things, but they well, one is in the other. All right, <laughs> that's pretty bad. All right, here you go. It says that Scott, the other day you asked what car did Jesus drive. The answer you seek is right in the Bible, my friend. He drove a Honda. He just talked about it. Uh, he says this in John 12, 49. It says, quote, for I do not speak of my own accord, unquote. Ah, well done. Thank you, Nathan. From the Nicely geographically. Done, Nathan, from 18 different places in Canada. <laughs> I thought he was joking with me because we were always saying, oh, Toronto's across the street from whatever. Yeah, uh, but I was yeah city. I got my cities and my provinces mixed up. Just do we should states. do a, we should do a TMS like a Viva TMS Toronto. Oh my god! I know that they don't have like uh, casinos. Or, well, maybe they do, but uh, that seems like a good a good place to kind of get a bunch of people together. We could get the Chicagoans to come up to Toronto, and you have to do uh, the um, Northeast Coast. You have to stuff. do you have to do full on. Uh, uh, do you have to have a thing to go up there? What do you call it? A passport. You have to have that a passport. Yes, yeah. you have to have a passport. Yep. I feel like the Canadians should just let a couple of white dudes up there, you know? Just let us in. Sure. Well, we can until they build that border wall. <laughs> it's going to keep just keep going once they're <laughs> right. done on the southern one. By the way, did you see all those people hopping that fence? The little bit of fence they've done? It's like not very much No, of have they really? Oh, they're just running right up it and over it. It's like nothing. <laughs> wow, but it's, I guess they could just use those bars to kind of help pull themselves up. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's a it's a hoot. Like uh, they, a oh, bunch gosh. of people were just like, oh, oh, you think your fancy new fence is gonna hold someone back? And they're not even people trying to get over. It's not like actual immigration people. It was just someone's like, watch this, and just ran up it and got on the other side and slid down and was fine. So dumb. We just need to get that force field, the what? United States of America force field. What a waste of money. Yeah. Um, huh. Yeah, well, there's you could argue it's actually not really happening. It's like a tiny little section that he keeps touting right. as like great progress on the wall, but whatever. <laughs> um, all right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for that email, by the way, uh, Nathan in Toronto, Ontario, uh, Canada, all three of them. Mexico is basically saying, we've got some of the best climbers. We've got really, really good climbers. <laughs> Believe me, good climbers. 
Whoa, Icor banned Jackalope Ashley? What happened in there? How does that how was that possible? Yeah, you can't do that. How that what what happened there? What did we what did I miss? Was there a mess? I didn't know Icor was even a mod. Did anyone catch that? What what went down there? Is that am I reading that I right? I don't see uh I guess I don't see I don't I don't get the messages about uh what's happening. Yeah, I got one that says I don't get I don't get the tech messages. I just get the what people are saying. This one says Icor underscore banned Jackalope Ashley and all of her stuff is gone. <laughs> what the heck? And he and Icor's acting like what? I don't know what you're talking like maybe something weird happened. Did someone get hacked? Huh. I don't know. But I did ban her. Did I butt ban oh, her? Oh, butt, butt ban her. Maybe. Yeah, like a butt dial, the butt bander. <laughs> that was really the butt bandit. <laughs> super random. I don't know what happened. How do you get somebody back after a, a ban? Can't you just message deleted by a moderator? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Go home, Icor. You're drunk. We're taking away your privileges. Oh, there it is. Icor removed ban on Jackalope Ashley. Okay. All is well now. She must have butt. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> oh, the you see, if you're not listening live because of work or school or whatever, change your schedule, quit school, whatever, so you can listen to the show live because you can be in the chat room. Yeah, this is a peanut gallery worth watching for sure. All right, uh, we're done. That's it. Okay. Patreon.com yeah. slash TMS is how you support the show. We appreciate it, everybody. Thank you for helping us with our fan-supported show at Patreon.com slash TMS. No reason not to get in there. Get in there. To get taken care of. Get going. You know you want to. Do those, it. those who have, you have our thanks. Uh, frogpants.com slash TMS is our website that has all our email, phone number, blah, 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 Twitter accounts, all that stuff. So go check that out. We now leave you with a song in your hearts and souls that Brian has prepared carefully from a select group of ingredients and is now ready to present the final product. What do you have? Nice. Uh, Neil wrote in, Neil Sachs wrote in and said, let's make it two in a row. October 4th is my wedding anniversary. And last year you guys played Lily Allen and Mick Jones from The Clash, their cover of Straight to Hell. This year, how about a cover from a band my wife likes? Anything from Slipknot would work or maybe Rob Zombie. I'll leave it in your hands. Uh, Selena, I knew it was a match made in heaven when you agreed to go to a Slayer concert. I love you. Signed, Neil. Now that's uh, cooler than any tinder move that's a cool date way way cooler yes exactly yeah. asking her out to a slayer concert i was wondering i was wondering when the two of you were finally going to get married <laughs> now when are those kids coming uh yeah so a cover of a slipknot song done and done this is a band called the lounge kittens these guys are great and they're so so fun uh, they released an album called Just the Tip back in 2015 <laughs> because, of course, they did. Yeah. On there, they included this Slipknot, uh, this cover of Slipknot's Duality. Here are the Lounge Kittens. All right, here it is. We'll be back tomorrow for TMS PM. Join us then. I push my fingers into my eyes. It's the only thing that slowly stops the
veins collapsed I've waited as my time's elapsed Now all I do is live with so much hate I've wished for this, I've bitched for that I've left behind this little fact You cannot kill what you did not create I've gotta say what I've gotta say And then I swear I'll go away But I can't promise you'll enjoy the noise I guess I've saved the best for last My future seems like one big past You're left with me cause you left me no choice I push my fingers into my eyes It's the only thing that slowly stops the ache But it's made of all the things I have to take Jesus, it never ends, it works its way inside If the pain goes on, I'm not gonna make it Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. What is this shit, Poncho?